last week, uh, one, of the, one of the points in the message that I want to share with you, just kind of a testimony of what happened, is um, uh, one of the points was extravagant generosity, that we're a church who we just believe in extravagant generosity. And so last week I get a text from somebody in the church that says, um, hey, I was in a conversation with somebody this week, and all they could think about and talk about was the washer and dryer at Cunningham Elementary failing. And, and they were just so concerned about that. So we've decided that we want to replace that for them. And, but we don't want any credit. So here's a check for $2,000. Why don't you guys go on, on the church's behalf and replace the washer and dryer? So come on, somebody. That's extravagant generosity. That's what we're talking about. Just, I love... I love the heartbeat of that, to just say, hey, I, we'll do it. We'll take care of that. We can make a difference there. And so some of you might even have kids there that will benefit from, 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 that, um, from that washer and dryer that's going to be there. So, um, well, today is a big day at City Hope because we are launching small groups, everybody. It's small group launch weekend, and uh, I, the whole message today, I'm pumped about because it's about small groups, and I love small groups. I love small groups, and so I'm just trying to convince us all how much we need them in our lives. That's really what I want to do today, and, and so um, the, the small group directory went live last Sunday on, on our Church Center app, and if you don't have the Church Center app, you can download it on your um, mobile device, uh, Android, iPhone, set it up for City Hope. And then you can do everything from that app. You can find groups, you can give, you can register for the marriage conference, which is coming up two weekends from today. And you don't have to have a bad marriage in order to come to the marriage conference. <laughs> you can just want a better marriage, all right? So, so um, I know how, how we roll sometimes. Well, if I go to the marriage conference, they're going to think, I got a bad marriage. No, maybe you just want a better marriage, right? Or maybe you want to get married one day, so you wanna, maybe you're engaged. But download that app. And you can find all the groups right there. And I like to encourage you, get in two or three groups. And, and then it's kind of like breaking up with a boyfriend, okay? You, get, you have two or three boyfriends at one time, and you, you, got, you got to get back down to one, right? So you get two or three groups going, and you go, hey, you know, I'm sorry, we're going to break up. I, uh, I hate to do it to you like this, but I found somebody else, okay? Found another group that fits me a little bit better, and it'll be okay. You don't have to say it that way, but... That's basically what you're doing. It's okay. Just admit it, right? Uh, so really do that. Get in a couple groups and then stick with the one that you like. And I promise you it'll make all the difference in the world. And, uh, and speaking of groups, my favorite group, the, one, the group that I think everybody needs to go through at City Hope. Everybody needs to go through this group. is freedom. Where's my freedom people at? Right? Got to go through. You got to go through freedom. And uh, there's several women's and men's groups uh, for freedom. Those start today. All, all of our groups start today. So find a group and, and get plugged in, all right? And if, you're, if you have more questions, there's a small group table on your way out. We'd love for you to stop by there and just, uh, field, just ask some questions, all right? There's no dumb questions. All right, go ahead. Take out your message notes, or you can follow along on the screen as well. We've got the side screens now. And, and this screen, for those of you who are at home, I know that helps you uh, see all of our points, and we're, we're grateful for that. But take those notes out, because we're going to dive into today's message, and we're talking about it's time to get together, all right? It's time to get together. And we're going to look at our theme verse, but today we're going to 
it's found in a different spot, okay? We've been in Matthew chapter 4 every week. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 3. This is the exact same phrase that Jesus said. In Matthew 4, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But this, these are the words of John the baptizer, all right? John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what he's saying, the reason why we chose this theme verse is we're trying to convince us all that repentance is a good thing. Can I get a witness? It is a good thing for us to turn and go the other way. That's what to repent means, to turn, to change your mind, to change your attitude, to change your actions. You were going this way, but now I'm going to turn and go this way. And in 2021, you're going to have to stop doing some things that you were doing if you want it to be a better year. And you might have to start some things that you weren't doing in order for it to be a year that is better than the last few years, right? That's what repentance is, to stop doing or to start doing, to change. And Jesus, John the baptizer, says, do this, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that just means, hey, there's a sense of urgency here, right? Hey, this is, this is important. BB, come on. It's time. It's time to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, one of, one of uh, my favorite verses in all of the scripture, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, it's, it's our theme verse for this church. It's one of the foundational verses that we built this church upon. And, and it says this, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. God has plans for all of us. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He wants to give you a hope and a future, and I just need to stop right now and tell somebody here today that God has not given up on you, that there's still a hope for you, that there's still a future for you, that he still has plans for your life, and you are not too far gone. He still has something great for you, and he says that you will call on him, and you'll come and pray to him, and guess what? He's gonna listen to you. That's good news, everybody. You're going to seek him and you're going to find him, but here's the kicker, only when you seek him with all of your heart. And for some of us in the room today, you've said, man, I tried the Christian thing before. I, I tried to live right before. I tried to go to church before. I tried to go to small groups before. But the problem was, you weren't all in. It was just something that you did. It, you, you, were, you weren't all in. You weren't, you weren't seeking him with all of your heart. Does that make sense? So in other words, it's time for us to get serious about our walk with God. It's time for us to get serious about this future and hope that he has for us. But I need you to know something. That this hope and this future he has for you it can only happen if you get in a healthy, life-giving relationships with other people. It's okay to say amen. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> Love it. Amen me as much as you want, brother. It, make, it, it, helps, it helps a preacher out. You can only have this hope and future God has for you if you get in a healthy, life-giving relationship with other people around you. That's the only way because God didn't, he never meant for us to be alone. He ne never meant for us to do this Christian life alone, right? So that's why you go to Panera when it opens up and you get a coffee and a scone. 
because you weren't meant to do life alone. You like that rhyme I just made up right there? Come on. <laughs> you, you weren't meant to do it by yourself. You need somebody else. And, and, and I read this stat this week. This is crazy, y'all. There are, there's now more smartphones on planet Earth than toilets. I'm serious. Another way that the report read was uh, people have more access to smartphones than toilets. So if you can think about third world countries, and they have smartphones, but they don't have a pot to pee in. Come on. But they can get online. <laughs> they, can, they got a smartphone. Here's, here's my point, is with all of the technology that we have, all of the smartphone capability that we have, we are... We are more connected as a society than we've ever been. While at the same time, we are more disconnected than we've ever been. We're more disconnected than we've ever been. And, and I'm, my, my next thought here, I, I don't want to offend anybody. This is just an opinion of mine. But I'm, I'm saying, saying it with uh, absolute love and, and respect for those who are cautious right now. But in March of last year, March of 2020, we were given some of the worst instruction for the human psyche, which is social distance. Stay away. You don't need to be around people. But that's complete opposite of what our human brain says, that you need to be around people. You need relationships. You need, you need influence in your life, and you can do it safely, I mean, I can have social interaction, but, but, you know, provide some distance between me and a person, right? And so, what happened was everything bad went up, didn't it? We've talked about this. Everything bad, addictions rose, divorce rose, overdoses rose. Everything bad increased last year. Suicides through the roof. And I think you could attribute a lot of that to don't go around people. It's bad for you, but it's not. It's so good for us. We need relationships. God created that for us. So if you're watching cautiously, we love you and we appreciate you, don't, don't we? Hey, we love you. We're so glad and thankful for you, and we respect that. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point, though, that in this season that we're in, it's time to get together. It's time to get together. Um, I just didn't like the verbiage. So maybe use physical distance instead of social distance, all right? So we, maybe we should change all of our signs here to also read that. I, I like that. Okay. Because Christianity is a group project. It's a group project. How many of you in, in school, you hated group projects? Just raise, your, just raise your hand. Okay, everybody, keep your hands up. These are the smart people. Okay, and the reason they hated group projects is because everybody else, like us, Rode their coattails. <laughs> they did the work. We got the credit. Come on. Or is, that, is it true? You just didn't like it because, oh man, I'm having to do all the work. What's up with this? But I think God created us to be more like a group project than a, an individual sport, right? Whatever sp individual sport you can think of is just you and, and that sport. But God wants it really to be less like an independent study and more like a group project. More like a team sport where we got to have each other to, to, to compete. we got to have each other to win. And, and I love this verse in, in Hebrews chapter 10. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but I love how he says it. Hebrews chapter 10, 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. What hope? The hope and a future that God has for us from Jeremiah 29 and 11. We got to hold unswervingly. That just means hold on tight. Don't let go. Don't give up to, to this hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. To do what? To fulfill the hope and the promise. To fulfill the future and the plans that he has for you. And let us consider how we spur one another on. What does that mean? We're pushing each other. Hey, come on, you can do better. You've got this. Come on, there's greater things in store for you. You've got a life worth living. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Hey, we're not saved by good deeds, but we're created to do good deeds. In, in, in Jesus Christ, we are. So spur one another on. Not giving up meeting together. Hey, come on. Let's not stop meeting together as, as some are in the habit of doing. And, and listen, in, when this is written, like we're going through a pandemic. When, when, when he wrote this, they're going through persecution. That you can lose your life for being a Christian. That you can be beaten for being a Christian. That you can be excommunicated from your family for following Jesus, the way, right? And he says, let's not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's do this instead. Let's get together and let's encourage one another all the more because why? Jesus is coming back. And we can't stop doing what he's called us to do. We can't stop getting together. So I have three things about getting together. I want you to write in your notes today. Three things that I want, I want to share with you. And the first one about getting together is this. Getting together is God's plan. From the very beginning, it is his plan. How do you know? Acts chapter 2. It's the early church. And, and I want you to listen to me real quick on this. Because there, there's an, a book and there's an author out there who, I, I respect the author. But he's telling people, hey, you don't really need to be a part of something like this. You just need home church. That's what you need. But the only problem with that is that it's not biblical. <laughs> Because the scripture in Acts 2 says something else. And this is after the, the Pentecost. This is after a big outpouring of the presence of God. And they, the early Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And to fellowship. So they're getting together. They're fellowshipping. They're, they're rubbing shoulders with one another. They're high-fiving each other. They're breaking bread together. And they're praying together. And again, this is the early church. This is a group of people who, many of them did lose their lives. In fact, all of the early apostles, except for John, was martyred for their faith. But they never stopped meeting together. They, they never stopped getting together and fellowshipping. The next verse says that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that the uh, uh, performed by the apostles all the believers were together everybody say this word together hey they were let's say it together if we're going to say together we got to say it together okay and, and all the believers were together yeah they were together and they had everything in common what does that mean it means that what's what's mine is yours and hey my food is your food my my home is your home my car is your car. Take it. My paycheck is your paycheck. If you need something, I'm here for you. 
We've got this. Uh, everything that I have is yours. They were sharing it all. It was all in common. And so they, w- they would sell property and possessions and give to anyone who had a need. They didn't call the apostles and say, hey, Peter, I was, I was wondering. I know it's midnight, but we've just leaving Walmart. And we met a guy who could really use him a hotel for the night. We were wondering if the church could take care of that for us. They didn't do that. What did they do? They took care of the hotel themselves. They didn't call the church and say, hey, there's a guy that needs gas down here at the gas station. No, 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 no. They said, hey, I got you, bro. Don't worry. Come on. Because why? We're believers. They did this kind of stuff. Hey, we got you covered. And every day, they continued to meet together. Where? At church. The temple courts. Now, in today's society, we go to church about once a week, maybe on on a first Wednesday, we'll go to first Wednesday too. It's going to be awesome this week. Like it always is, communion. We always do communion. And, and listen, we, I mean, we're doing our duty. We're going to church. We're serving on the dream team. But they were there every day together. Together. And then it also says they would break bread in their homes. This is small groups, everybody. This is, this is why I say that the author... Uh, of, of the book that says you should only do home church, he got it wrong because they were in the temple courts every day and in homes too. Both. We need both and. We need to be in church, but we need to be in homes and eat together. Hey, come on. I love small groups where they bring meals. Number one, I don't want to cook a whole meal, right? So it saves us as a family from having to cook something that night. But number two, it's some good food out there, y'all. Some of y'all just know how to cook. I've, I, I've gained 13 pounds since last Saturday, everybody. Uh, I don't know if you can tell it or not, but I'm putting that weight back on. And I'm, I'm more energetic, too. Thank God. Uh, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. And I love this part. God was doing such a great work. They were in church. They were in homes. They were connecting. They were together. And because God was, God was pouring out his spirit on them, they added to their number daily those who were being saved. People got saved in small groups. People got saved out at the gas station because they were believers and there was just something about them. They didn't have gas back then. At the camel watering station. <laughs> right? Whatever it was. They got saved back in those days. People were coming to know Jesus. Why? Because it's part of his plan. It's part of his plan to get together. Now, uh, when we first moved here in 2018, uh, I had uh, just a cheap academy bike. It was like a $100 bike, and I would ride it occasionally. Well, Jason Moody over here got me into cycling. Once he and uh, his family, the Moody family and the Grisham family, moved from Alabama to help us start this church. And Jason, one of his hobbies is cycling. And so he gets me cycling out there. And I go by myself one day to cycle. Uh, Bad bad idea, because I have a flat. And I know nothing about this, right? So I'm out at Lake Wichita, and they've got a bike rack there. And I had an appointment I had to get to really quick. Um... So I had just enough time to get home, shower, get to the appointment. But I, I didn't have time to push a bike back. That would have put me really delayed. So I left my bike hanging on the bike rack. And I said, I'm just going to run home because I can run faster, get ready, go to this appointment, and I'll come back and get the bike later. Only problem was the bike wasn't there when I got back. Somebody ganked my bike. They just took my bike. 
But it wasn't a big deal, $100. I know it's a lot of money, but I thought, well, somebody needed it more than me, okay? Well, uh, I started riding my son Garrett's bike, which he's, he was a junior at the time. So imagine grown man on a junior bicycle riding the trail. It was brutal. It was terrible. Well, um, Jason, one day he goes, dude, we got to get you a new bike. We got to get you a new bike. And so he found one online, and we went up by the base, and he got me the, he, he bought an entry-level Cannondale commuter bike for me. And, and I didn't believe that a real, there was any difference in bicycles. I really didn't. I thought it's, you know, a bike is a bike. But that's not true. Um, Pastor Bob over at First Baptist told me, we're neighbors, and he was telling me, yeah, yeah, the bicycle is the one thing you can buy speed on, right? You could buy speed. And so I got on this bike, and I mean, it is just incredibly better than what I was riding. So I, I start getting serious about it. I'm riding loops around Wichita Falls now, and I got spandex, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Looks like I'm wearing Spanx, and I just... Uh, overall looking things, you know, and, and uh, I'll wear them in my house sometimes just to freak the kids out. Just like, Dad, stop. My whole point to that story is that um, I, I think um, God is not interested in us being alone on the bicycle. It would have been a whole lot better if Jason had been there with me, right? Because two are better than one. And I didn't know how to fix a flat tire. He could have hooked a brother up, right? So, so Christianity is meant to be more like a cycling group than it is uh, just a cycler. You're meant to have somebody with you on that journey. Can I get a witness today? It's kind of like a church van experience. You know what I'm talking about? A church van filled with middle schoolers, just nasty, sweaty. It, they, the church van's going to break down somewhere on the trip, but there's a purpose to the trip. It's kind of like that. We're supposed to be together, and it's God's plan for us to be together. Whether we're cycling in a group together, on a church van together, in a small group together, we're supposed to be together. All right, the second thing that I want to tell you is that together isn't always easy. Why? Because relationships are messy. Relationships aren't always easy. And, and small groups are relational. They're relational. Together requires you to be vulnerable. Together takes work. Together can be inconvenient. Oh, well, I can't do that time. Oh, well, I need to, I, I'm thinking about my schedule and what I need to, together can be inconvenient. You just have to make a decision. You have to decide. You have to be intentional and, and you have to say, hey, I know it's not always easy, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? I read another stat this week that kind of, it's, it's from 2020. It says that the average American adult has not had a new friend in five years. An average American adult hasn't made a new friend in five years. That's crazy to think about. It says 45% of, of those who were surveyed said that they would make new friends and they would attempt to make new friends if, if a new offer presented itself. So guess what, everybody? I have an offer for you that about 50% of you are going to take me up on, all right? And that offer is small groups start today. 
And if you're looking for a new friend, if you're looking for somebody to come alongside you, to, to be that kind of person that's going to lift you up and, and pray with you and celebrate with you and, and somebody that can hold you accountable, if you're looking for a new friend, I'm telling you, church is the place to find it. The survey said that people find most of their friends at work. And I say it's a better option to find them here. It's a better option to find those people here. And listen... If you'll let it, small groups will be a place where some of your best friendships in the world will come from. How do you know, Ben? Because it happened to us. Um, before we moved to, Al uh, to here to Texas, I was um, on staff at a church in Alabama for about 15 years. And um, we, we started small groups there a long time ago. And Annalise and I were some of the first people to ever start a small group. We loved it from day one. We've always loved small groups. Well, there's this couple that uh, had started coming to our church, Chad and Jocelyn Lane. And they would drive an hour just to get to our church. They lived in Jasper, Alabama. Our church was in Coleman, Alabama. It took them about an hour to get there every Sunday and an hour to get back home. And they started coming to our church regularly. They got involved in our small group. And so we were becoming friends with them. As they got more involved into the church, they joined the dream team. And Jocelyn started leading worship on on the weekends, and they would do, we had a Saturday night and Sunday morning services. And the worship team have to serve all, all the services that weekend. So she would, they would have to drive an hour on Saturday, an hour back home on Saturday, an hour back on Sunday, an hour back home on Sunday afternoon. And as our friendship developed, we said, hey, why don't y'all just stay at our house on Saturday night? There's no point in you guys spending four hours on the road every weekend. Just stay with us. And it was a good move because Chad would make, he would make fettuccine Alfredo for us. And it was incredible. We loved it. Well, and we loved them. And so they would come over to our house and, and I, we got to know them even better that way. And, and eventually I ended up hiring Jocelyn's sister Ashley as my administrative assistant when, when I was a campus pastor. Well, in 2015 we moved from Coleman to Madison, which is about an hour away. And we started a new campus for our church there. And guess who would drive two hours to get there to serve? Chad and Jocelyn. About once a month, they would drive two hours to come serve at our church in Madison. And, and we said, hey, stay with us. Stay, stay with us. We're, we're just doing Sunday morning service, but come on Saturday and hang out. And they would. And guess who loaded up their Dodge Ram and helped Ben and Annalise and their family move 15 hours from Madison to Wichita Falls, Texas. The Lanes. Talk about friendships. And guess who comes to Wichita Falls about once a year. They'll be here in about two weeks to visit us. The Lanes. It's a friendship that was born in a small group. And, and we, oh, I'm just telling you, that can be you too. I'm just sharing that story to tell you that can be you too. But we, we got to just be open to some of those relationships. Because it may not always be easy, but I love what Psalm 133 says. It is good and pleasant. Relationships are good and pleasant when God's people get together in unity. In unity. Number three, write this one down. Together takes a choice. You have to decide. You have to be intentional to make a decision, I'm going to get together. I'm not going to wait for everybody to come to me. No, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to show up at a group. I'm going to, 
I'm, I'm going to just take off the mask. I'm going to be real with some people. I'm, I'm going to get together. And I'll go ahead and tell you that as you get in a small group, you're going to have every, every excuse in the world not to do it. Can I get a witness? <laughs> you're going to have every reason why you can't do it. Oh, well, uh, I, I just don't have time. Well, I've got something else that night. There's going to be plenty of distractions and excuses, and you're not going to feel like doing it. But I want to remind you that choices lead, feelings will follow. You have to decide. You have to choose first. Hey, I'm going to do this. And the feeling will come a little bit later on. Because, hey, if you're married, there's probably some days where you don't feel like loving your spouse. But you do it anyway. You show it anyway, and the feelings will follow. The feelings will follow. So here's my big idea for the, the weekend. Here's what I'm trying to get across to us, that it is time to get in a group. It's time. And, and listen, it, it, we, we need to do some virtual groups too. Maybe there's some people who they would love to be in your small group, but they can't be there in person. They're not comfortable with it just yet. Hey, put FaceTime on. Put Zoom. Google Meet. Whatever it takes to get people socially together again it's time to make some new friends it's time to take off the mask and be real with somebody it's time to give God an opportunity to do something in you so he can do something through you it's time to do that it is time to get together can I get an amen all right that was a that was a semi good amen like a, amen I think amen maybe amen a woman I don't know amen uh <laughs> I want to clarify something, though. I want to clarify something. That, that small groups are not just a program of the church. It's not just something we do. Small groups are who we are. And, and I'm not just trying to get you to go through a small group. I'm trying to get small groups inside of you. I'm trying to get it to be a way of life for you. That it, it will change your life. And I'm telling you, you can't do life alone. So I'm going to give you a couple things this morning that happen when we get together. This is the goal. When we get together, like the early church, when we get together like, like those small groups that we led in Alabama when the lanes were there and those, those friendships that we still have to this day, here's three things that will happen. All right, and The first one is this. When we get together, we call out the best in each other. We call out the best in each other. What do you mean? Well, when you get in a community, you're going to start building trust with people, right? You're not going to take off the mask week one. You're still trying to get to know these people. Can, they, can I even trust them? Can they trust me? But as you get to know these people, these, this small group, you're going to get, begin to trust some folks, and they're going to call out the best in you. They're going to speak life over you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to lift you up in prayer. And some of you, you don't know what it feels like to have the best called out in you because you're surrounded by people who call out the worst in you. Dragging you down. Pulling you down. And listen, haters are going to hate. That's what they do. So some of you, you don't just need to add some new relationships to your life. You need to subtract some relationships from your life. There's some people you, you can't understand why you keep going through the same things over and over. Why do you keep getting stuck in the same situation over and over and over and over and over and over? And it's like this never-ending cycle, and it's because the people you have in your life. Well, what, what do I do about that, Pastor Ben? I say it this way. 
Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I can, hey, I can just, hey, just tell me who your friends are and that's going to be you one day. Because it's who, we, it's who we allow to influence our lives. And we've got to make a decision to subtract some relationships and add some other relationships. And maybe for some of you it's a dating relationship. Where you know it's not godly, it's not holy, it's not right, but you keep going back over and over again and it's time to just say, it's over. I, I got another man in my life. His name is Jesus. <laughs> right? That'll be enough to scare him away. Just be like, okay, all right. Come on, maybe for some of you it's the water cooler conversations or whatever, whatever situation it is at work where you just kind of find yourself in conversations that really aren't, they're not, they're not wholesome, they're not good, they really are pulling you away from the Lord and maybe it's time for you to stop visiting that person's desk as much. Maybe it's time for you to stop going to the water cooler as much or going out to lunch with them as much. Well, I'm trying to be a witness. Well, it doesn't sound like it's going very well, Right? Maybe it's time to subtract some of those relationships. And you don't have to be rude about it. My preacher said, I can't be friends with you no more. That's not, that's not it, right? It's just that you've got to make a decision and you've got to decide. In small groups, what we do is we're going to call out the best in each other. We're going to, we're going to cover each other. I love how Proverbs says it. It says in Proverbs 27, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, how many of you want to be sharp? Okay. You're not the sharpest thing in the place where they keep the sharp things. How many, let me ask you again. How many of you want to be sharp? Okay, all right. This is, that's better. Now, here's another question. How many of you want to be sharpened? Because sharpened hurts. Sharpened might get a little uncomfortable sometimes. Sharpened is a process, by the way. We don't just go from dull to sharp. No, it's a process. And so I want to be sharpened, but the way I get sharpened is a friend. Let me say it this way. You confess your sins to God, he forgives you. You confess your your sins to a friend, and you get healing. You get sharpened, all right? All right. The second thing, when we get together... We call out to God for each other. So number one, we call out the best in each other, but then we call out to God for each other. Because how many of you know we need some people calling out to God for us? What I love about small groups is when you have the best day of your life, they're there to celebrate with you. Come on, way to go, man. Attaboy. Let's go. They're there to celebrate with you. But listen, when you've had the worst day of your life, they're there to carry that burden with you. They're there, to love, they're there to love you. They're to, there to pray for you, to lift you up, to encourage you, to stand with you, to sit with you, to just be there. They're there for you. That's what a small group is all about. And I think it's so sad when people go through life alone and they don't have anybody to walk with them. They don't have anybody to cover them. They don't have anybody to strengthen them or to pray for them. That's a sad thing. And what we really need is Somebody to lean on, lean on me. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for 
It won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Come on, say, just call on your brother when you need a friend. Come on, we all need somebody to lean on. There we go. We need somebody, don't we? We need somebody. You need somebody. I need somebody. I need somebody in my life. Proverbs 17, 17 says it this way. A friend loves at all times. At all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. I used to think that this meant brothers were born to fight each other. But that's not what it means. It's a, a brother is born for the time when things aren't going well in your life. And you feel like giving up. And you feel like throwing in the towel. And you feel like you can't make it anymore. A brother is born for that time. When they can come. When they got your back. Number three, I love this one. We call out the truth to each other. We all need to hear the truth every once in a while, every day. We call out the truth to each other. And as we walk through life, what's going to happen is you are going to have some blind spots. And you can't see what's really going on in your life. Because you're surrounded, you're, you're in, in, in one way, you're kind of deceived. And that's the thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived. Because that's the way deception works. So you're in the middle of this thing, you're in the middle of life, and you don't really understand. You can't see what's going on. And you need somebody to sit across from the table and say, Hey, I know you probably can't see this right now, but, but here's what's going on. I know you probably don't see it the way I see it, but I think you need to treat your spouse differently I think you need to maybe quit going to those places that you've been going to it seems to be dragging you down we need somebody to just call the truth out to us but we have to be willing to let them do that to have to be willing to say hey you have permission to talk to speak into my life that way and that's why we have to get close with people that's why we have to we have to get together because we all have blind spots and we need somebody to call the truth out to us. Proverbs 27 says an open rebuke. Somebody sitting across the table from you saying, hey, I love you and I just don't want to see you hurting anymore is way better than hidden love that they would just ignore that and not say anything about it. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy rather have somebody speak truth to me than, than to just not say anything at all and act like it's not hurting me or not doing something. Are you with me? But, but listen to me. I think sometimes the most powerful truth of all that we can be reminded of is, hey, Ben, God's still on the throne. Hey, I know you're going through this situation with your health and it doesn't look very good, but hey, Ben, guess what? God is still a healer. He's still a miracle worker. He's still on the throne. He can still heal and deliver and save and set free and make new. He can still do what, what the doctors can't do. He can still, he's still able. There's nothing that our God can't do. He's still on the throne. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of that truth, that he is still good and he is still God if he did it before he can do it again Corey Tim Boom said never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God I think sometimes in life we don't do things because 
there's a fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. What if I go to that small group? I mean, I'm not that I'm not that great with people. I don't know how to interact, and I'm not ready to open up just yet. Hey, never be afraid to trust the unknown to the known. God, it's time to get together. We're going to start that today. Would you bow your heads with me? Oh, Lord, I've had so much fun preaching this message today. Love, I love small groups and I love relationships and I love people. And I want, I want our people to experience the same kind of things that I've experienced in small groups. God, I'm praying right now for every person in this room who's maybe just a little bit apprehensive or timid about getting close to someone relationally. Maybe the last time that happened, they were burned and they were hurt. And Lord, we recognize no, no one's perfect. But I'm praying right now for boldness to come over the people of City Hope, that relationships wouldn't be put on the back shelf anymore. They wouldn't be put on the back burner. But, but Lord, we would pursue healthy, life-giving relationships. In Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, I think for some of you today, there's not a doubt in my mind that you're here and, and you're missing out on the most important relationship in, in the world, and that is a relationship with Jesus. You're missing out on a relationship with Jesus. He's not the Lord of your life. You're calling the shots. You're in control. You're not accountable to anybody. You don't have, your sins are not paid for by his blood you're, you're just you're doing things the way you want to do them and that's kind of like the end of the story but today you sense in your heart that you don't want to go on without a relationship with Jesus you, you want him to not only just forgive you you want him to cleanse you and to make you new and to give you a fresh start and maybe you're far from God today but one simple heartfelt prayer away you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you can be in relationship with him. And if that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are today? Just slip up your hand and let me see. I'm not going to call you out or single you out or ask you to come to the front, but that's me. Thank you. I see you. God bless you. Who else would say that's me, Ben? Count me in. I want to begin a new relationship. I see you back there. Thank you so much. Who else would say that's me? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I see you. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, come on, let's say this prayer together. I'm proud of you, proud of you. Come on, let's say this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to be in relationship with you as the Lord of my life. Lead me, guide me, direct me, save me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. Today, I surrender. My life is yours, and I will follow you the best that I know how from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today for several people who said, that's me, beginning a new relationship today. Amen.